Um, epi- <clears throat> I always say, uh, 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 um, Bat and Spider episode 56. Chuck and I this week discussed the movie Bloodbath from 1966. Friend of the show, Melissa Mendez. Finally, a film that exposes the horrors of being a woman surrounded by mediocre white male artists. Would you have been a beatnik if this was the, uh, when were beatniks around? Like what, 58 to 67 maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I just pulled yeah. out my, my A. But you might have. If we were youngins back then, do you think you'd be a beatnik? I might. I might have been a beatnik. Maybe. Be- beatnik? I probably, I feel like. We're pretty similar. I feel like maybe we would have been like beatnik adjacent. We probably would have been friends with some beatniks and like hung out in the coffee shops, but maybe we weren't, you know, we're young. So we weren't like comfortable in our own skins yet to like fully commit. Um, That's you know, there's probably a lot. Yeah. Of, I don't know why I'm speaking for both of us. Like we're a two-headed no. monster, but it's, it kind of feels like that sometimes. But it's true. I mean, we're yeah. similar in so many ways. And yeah, uh, I, I, I was... You're pro- you you very well could be right. Yeah, because you know why? There's also that thing. It's like, well, it's nonconformist in us. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I get the the appeal of of the beatnik. You know, you're, oh, you're going to be weird. But then it's just like, well, you're all just doing the same thing, right? I know, right? And God forbid we uh, <laughs> just be happy. Yeah. And this movie, I mean, this... Melissa's review is spot on, but but it is also a. It's like, yeah, I don't. I really don't want to be a beatnik. Actually, this is not. If this is what it was oh, like, count me out. Yeah, the only thing I give I I'd, I'd give to yeah. them is they just had and 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 this is true for today. It's um you're not a, people aren't beatniks, yeah. but they do what they want with their time. Yeah, they're not beholden to. Uh, you know, having to fucking go to a job every day and 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 prioritize yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I wasn't alive back then, but it 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 does seem like there used to be used to be easier to drop out of society and not basically yeah. become destitute. You know, that's what it seems like. And 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 there was and there was there was places and things to do with your destitute friends. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, whatever town you were in, there were like plenty of businesses and things happening. It wasn't all, you know, you know, the main streets weren't all shut down now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. With, you know, with the Starbucks, you know. Yeah. 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 Which is all there was, all there is. God damn. We're okay. We got to, we, let's rewind Dale. Let's go back to the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you been? You've been okay? Chuck, I've been okay. Oh, good. Uh, have you been able to watch any films or uh, do anything? I watched a Val Luton, John. Ooh. Yeah. Tell me. 1943's The Leopard Man. Oh, yeah. I've heard this title before. I saw on Shudder, Val Luton films were just put on Shudder a month ago. No more than a month ago. Yeah. And they're all on their way out. Jeez, I gotta get in already. There. So I don't know what's going on with the streaming rights with that, but I said let me get at least one more in me before it all goes bye bye. So the Leopard Man is a great black and white film that uses blacks, the blackest blacks, and and mm-hmm. the whitest whites to tell a beautiful story, and and it tells um tells it through sound. And it takes place in a town in New Mexico where, um, you know, like dinner shows are a prevalent thing back then anyway. But it, it um, one of the uh, one of the entertainers in this uh, dinner show uses like castanets prevalently in her act. So castanets are just like a, a huge theme in this movie. Oh, wow. And I could just be taken away by the castanets being played in this uh, movie <laughs> by the, the various <laughs> cast. Um, but there's this traveling troupe of this uh, lady singer who tries to make an entrance amongst uh, these local town folk who definitely favor their own. So the Mexican singer with the castanets was was highly regarded, and then this this white lady walks in and um, 
you know, her, her agent basically told her to, uh, here, I borrowed this panther off of this black panther uh-huh. off of somebody on the street that does like, you know, buskers, like buskers on the, sh- it's like a busker on yeah. the street. Is that what they're called? Buskers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, walk, just walk in the room with this, this black panther, this leopard, and uh, just to get their attention. So she does, and, you know, 10 seconds later, this black panther escapes. <laughs> And yeah. like makes for the hills, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then people start turning up dead with uh, like panther claws and and sh- clumps of fur around. So everybody <laughs> is in fear of this black leopard. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so it's a whole piece on this town just living in fear. And it focuses on a certain cast of characters like the same ones and what they're doing when the whole town comes to grip with this but then as it turns out you know maybe it's just somebody's t- taking advantage and capitalizing to uh you know to let loose their um their wow. masochistic wow urges wow. and blaming it maybe holy crap yeah i want to watch that movie yeah it's i i i loved it a lot and there's a a, a more use of the Luton bus kind of scare tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still effective. I mean, it's not like it's, I don't think it's wearing out for me. This is only the second time I've seen such a tactic. Yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, back then that, you know, that tactic was new. So it was like, yeah, of course he's going to use it every time. So everyone knows who mm-hmm. made this shit up. <laughs> and, and for, there was a, there was just one scene where um, a man did get scratched by or scratched or bit as the the uh, the leopard was making his way outside of the building, yeah. but the amount that they showed on his bloodied hand and like a like a deep scratch that was really the only bit of gore they showed. But for I mean for 1943, I just I, I think it's a cool look back into where horror American horror came from. Yeah, around yeah. that time. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I want to. God, Val Luton's fascinating. It it, it remind. I keep meaning to tell you there's, um, there's this cartoonist named Pat Dorian, and he uh this or last year he put out a book called Lon Chaney Speaks, and it's I haven't read it myself, but I plan on picking it up, and it's mm-hmm. it's a book about Lon Chaney. Um, you know the uh or uh Lon Chaney Senior, not not Junior, the the Wolf Man who can't act, uh, but his dad. But he but Pat. Dorian is now working on, because I follow him on Instagram, he's working on uh, his next book, which is going to be about Val Luton. And I'm very, very excited to see what he comes up with. Um, It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, you know, he died, Val Luton, from what I know, he died really young. Like, we don't even have any footage of him talking. Like, like, no one knows what he even sounds like. Like, (laughs) which is interesting. Because he's not, you know, it's the 40s, you know. We have recordings of people, but it's, it's funny to think, like, you could still get through life, you know, without being recorded. <laughs> yeah. Back then. Um, wow. But yeah, it seems like a very interesting character. And I, I got to watch all these movies. This sounds amazing, Dale. Yeah. I recommend it, Chuck. The Leopard Man. When does it leave Shutter? Is it like, is it it's gone? It's probably a week okay. tops if it's not gone already. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, well, I watched a couple of movies. I, I dipped back into, I took a pause from my, um, Annie Milligan set and I dipped back into, I've had the, the Blu-ray of Revenge of the Ninja sitting on my desk for months. And I was like, all right, I'm in the mood. I need some ninja. So I went back, I watched Revenge of the Ninja and then I went and watched Ninja 3, The Domination. Oh yeah. And. So these two movies, these are like Sho Kasugi. Uh, this is him coming into like moving him up. Canon was like, all right, we know who they were there once. The first, the first ninja movie, it sucks. I don't like it. It's got Franco Nero as the ninja, and it's just not right. fun. <laughs> That's right. And Sho was just a, a set, like an extra in that. Yeah, I think right? he like he I think he part. played the villain, but it, you know, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, he got promoted, so he's the star of Revenge of the Ninja. And it's amazing. There is a, there is a scene, an action scene in the middle of this movie. It starts in the, it starts in like an art gallery. There's all the bad guys. They're robbing the gallery. Show comes in, catches them. 
They fight in the back, the back outside, like in the, the alleyway, they fight uh, outside the truck. They're loading with all the stolen statues filled with heroin. <laughs> and then the fights, you know, then the, you know, he, he kicks a bunch of their asses, but then a couple of them get into the van show just like chases them on foot <laughs> somehow like is able to like jump on the van so there's like an amazing chase yes. with him hanging on the van you know trying to punch into the windows and 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 then like i think that the van stops or crashes and then there's another huge fight in the street and it is just it's oh it's breathtaking like that like maybe 10 15 minute sequence alone is like worth the price of admission wow uh, it's so it's just uh it's just what my soul needed and then ninja 3 the great thing about these movies is they're even though they're sequels and they're called the ninja trilogy they have literally nothing to do with each other so <laughs> like i watched I them all that. in order because i was like no i'm a nerd i'm gonna watch them all in order but you really sure. don't have to um but the third one is uh is amazing shows he plays more of a background character in this he he shows up towards the end and kicks a lot of butt but um ninja three is it's almost like the ninja as a superhero origin story because it, it's uh-huh. you're, you're following lucinda dickey who i guess she was famous for being in the break-in movies so she was like a canon sort of regular actor and she she's like a uh, she's like a telephone company worker, <laughs> and she's like in the middle of the <laughs> desert, like climbing on a telephone pole, fixing stuff. When a a ninja what? comes along and is like half dead, and he he gives her his sword while he's dying, and it <sighs> transferred all his memories and powers onto her. So all of a sudden, she's like, oh she gets flashes of memories of like the people who killed him. Uh, which are happen to be all cops. So she, it's like half the movie is her like getting revenge for this soul that's inside of her, <laughs> and yes. killing all these cops and stuff. And but the, and, but then she's just awesome at uh, being a ninja. And but she's also a like a an aerobics instructor. Um, so she still lives her own life, yeah, as well. Yeah, but she gets like yeah. flashes where she she like puts on the ninja outfit and goes kills a cop. You know. <laughs> It's, it's awesome. And then show plays like he like comes into town to like, cause he knows the evil spirit is inside of her and he helps her. And it, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's so many, it, it almost sounds like it shouldn't work. Like it's like, it's a superhero movie. It's a slasher movie. I did. I saw someone review cause there are elements of it being a slasher. Um, and it's a it's a martial arts movie. It's everything, and it, it's it's incredible. I, I highly recommend. Uh, if you've never seen Ninja Three, it's wow, it's top tier, nineteen uh, eighties canon fun. Well, I just you know I, I'm doing some follow up research as we talk about this, Chuck, and yeah. the director Sam Furstenberg mm-hmm. directed Ninja Three and Revenge of the Ninja. Yeah. Also directed probably my favorite Ninja movie. American Ninja 2. Oh. Starring Michael Dudikoff. That's awesome. Well, so, that's I am that's next on my list. I'm going to watch the American Ninja saga cuz that's what yes, this yes. leads into that. So, yeah. I'm going to miss show. He's I don't think he's in any of those, but but uh that's yeah, going to be heartbreaking. Got, to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Furstenberg though. Yeah, I I there's an interview on the Revenge Disc with Sam and he's like <gasps> When they asked him, he's like, well, can you direct, Can we have this Revenge of the Ninja movie we want to do, can you direct action? And I think he said he did like one movie before and it was nothing like an action movie, but he <laughs> said he was young and cocky. He's like, yeah, sure, I can do that. <laughs> but he said oh, it yeah. was great. It was like a learning experience because everyone on set taught him, you know, how to do this type of movie. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's, they're great. They're great. Ninja 2 and Ninja 3, top tier. So fun to watch. Um, yes, oh, please. I would rec. I'm going to order the Ninja Three disc because I watched it on Amazon and it, their copy is dog s. Ah, I was like kind of angry <laughs> while I was watching it because I was enjoying really? it so much, but I, there were so many like you know the digital artifacting, and I was just like, ugh, man, that's, that's saw, cruel. I saw that Shot Factory did like a new scan in 2018. I was like, fuck, I should have just ordered that disc. <laughs> Damn. 
Chuck, I'm going to shoutfactory.com. I'm picking up what you're putting down live on the air. Woo. Wow, that's amazing. Quite Sounds a, like a great recap. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I watch listed Ninja 3 for sure, but I'm going to hold off because I don't want to go through that what you went through in the name of yeah. quality entertainment. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for putting your butt on the line, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Dale, should we get into it? Chuck, let's get into this bloodbath. Bit of a sordid history, Chuck, behind it, and maybe we can kind of help deconstruct that as we talk about it. What is bloodbath? An ugly painter with a hot girlfriend keeps changing into one of his ancestors that was a vampire, and he kills people to enable himself to make his artwork. And then after all that's all done, he dips them in wax. That is the Bloodbath Dale. That's Bloodbath Dale from 1966, directed by Jack Hill, Stephanie Rothman, and probably two other people uh, who didn't get credit. Dale, 62 minutes. Um, I think this proves that 62 minutes is plenty. That You don't need any more than that for a movie. I think you're absolutely right. Um, it was perfect. Yeah, it had enough. It was perfect for this movie. I, di- I didn't feel like, boy, I wish there was another half hour. It was perfect. No. It was yep. the, the size box that it needed, you know? Friend of the show, Jim Connick... Uh, kind of started some something. I would have never looked. I don't think we would have ever looked. Um, his review, first time I watched Bloodbath, I did so as part of an ill-advised marathon of all four different versions. <laughs> it was considerably more enjoyable in isolation. And that got us kind of set off on a path. Yeah. What the heck he was talking about. Yeah, so we we looked into it and... Basically, there. This movie is the culmination of four movies, I, th- I believe. Uh, so it started off as a spy movie, Operation Tishan, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, Corman, I don't even know if he shot that or if he. I think he just got the rights for it or something. Yeah, he just bought shot. the rights or something. And he didn't didn't like it, so he he hired uh, Jack Hill to turn it into re uh, to something. What did he turn into? Recons- uh, I guess to turn it into bloodbath, but but it still didn't I, come together. Yeah, and then they, and then I guess they got Stephanie Rothman to step in to add more. And it sounds like they took footage from another Corman movie. <laughs> like it's insane. Like I, I read through it. I, I still can't make heads or tails of exactly what happened. It's complicated. Yeah, but and to be perfectly honest, yeah, to watch this edited movie. Didn't really know. I would have just thought it was just you know, a a an, a movie with poor continuity and or the actresses just all look the same and hard to tell apart. Yeah, but you it can, wasn't bad. You can kind of you can kind of tell there's warring uh, aesthetics a little bit, but yeah, but I felt like it. I wasn't I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> Agree. I I yeah. I mean, especially, you know, it's American International, it's a Corman, so, like, you're sort of prepared for that type of movie, so it wasn't, like, hitting me as as normally as it would if it was, you know, if, you know, Universal tried to make this movie or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Be like, really? This was a big budget movie? (laughs) Whatever. Um, But, yeah, it's an interesting movie. I didn't think it was going to be a vampire movie, and it doesn't really feel like a vampire movie either. I don't even know right. what kind of movie it feels like. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and and to that, I have to say, the humor in this movie was totally out of place, but, and totally fantastic. <laughs> yes. Like, I would never have in a million years expected. It was like, for me, it was just a couple moments of it, but it was like genius level of 
humor to put in this. And maybe yeah. just because it was like beatnik humor, I have no idea. But the the subject matter and the jokes themselves were really, really funny, I thought. Yeah, there's um that's another thing I wanted to touch on is that especially with the beatnik humor stuff. Th- this one of my favorite Corman movies is A Bucket of Blood from I think it's from nineteen fifty five, so ten years before this. And I can't help but think that Corman was like, use some of this stuff for this movie. Uh yeah. in somewhere in this mix, because it it's about beatniks. It's it's all about like beatnik artists and uh the main guy kills people to make art, which is very similar to this story. Oh, yeah. Um, in that he's making sculptures out of them and you know, instead of paintings in this one. But um but yeah, it's it's sort and there's you know, it's all beatnik people like, you know acting like maniacs like whatever yeah. beatniks were <laughs> maniacs <laughs> uh you know just hanging out at the cafe you know talking about yeah. art theory and shit um yeah yeah but you're right it, this was funny it was way more entertaining i watched this with melissa and we had a we had a grand old time good uh, yucking it up at this one <laughs> um so antonio sordi is the artist who basically paints his victims just like the uh the tales from the crypt episode we saw um where tim roth does something similar but you know he kills them and then paints them you know how they die with their with the cuts where they are but also that's not but that's unrelated to the fact that he's a vampire yeah and he just goes to out to kill (laughs) and feed but he doesn't paint them. That's kind of the weird thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he kills for like, he kills for art. He kills because of, he's a vampire. And he also like just kills the one girl because she was onto him. So he, there's a lot of reasons he's killing people. And that's the girl. Was oh, that, the sister. Was that Daisy, Daisy's sister. Yeah. Daisy's sister. And he just tries to maintain a, a, a healthy relationship with a woman. <laughs> Yeah, and he won't, he won't like, he won't get serious with her, even though she is, she wants nothing more than to be serious. And I want, I wanted nothing more than to get serious with this girl yeah. too. And talk about like she, she needs to get out of that city because, uh, we talk about mm-hmm. uh, uh, matching people up, totally different leagues. These two. Yeah, yes. I mean, she was just so enamored with him as an artist and yeah. and and I was like was, I was like why are you in love with this ghoul, man? Right. <laughs> and the more he pushed her away, oh yeah. The more she craved to be a part of him. <laughs> I was like I was cracking myself up because like she talks about how her and her secret boyfriend have this meeting place. So that, cause she's like a ballet dancer and the, uh, the dance instructor will get mad if she's dating or whatever, you know, it's the sixties, whatever makes sense. But so they have this secret meeting place, which is just the beach. That's where they meet. Um, (laughs) but after like her introductory scene, we only see her at the beach and it seems like she never leaves that beach and is there for like a week waiting for her boyfriend to come back. (laughs) Like over she's like and a over dog. Again. She's like she's like when you're scrolling through Twitter and a, and an auto <laughs> auto play from the dodo pops up and says yeah. this dog goes back to the same spot where his owner died uh, 15 years ago. <laughs> she's just she's wake she wakes up one yeah. morning at the beach and and finally Antonio shows up because there's no cell phones back then. Yeah, so she's like she's I like, waited oh, where here all yeah. night. <laughs> Like, it's like, wait, you spent the night on the beach waiting for this date? Like, go home. Like, that's how into this guy you are? It's unbelievable. He didn't show up because he was painting. Yeah. Give me a break. And you love him? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and as chaotic as all this was, I loved every, I loved the players. I yeah. loved Oh yeah. Uh I love Antonio. I love his voice. Mm-hmm. I love his uh, the fact that when he becomes a vampire, he, he changes like into a Orson completely Wells. different person. <laughs> <laughs> it li- Okay, so the weird like Tim yeah. Ham Tim Tim Hamilton regular listener, he pointed out in his reviews like or 
perhaps maybe in a, the, the discord he's like wait this movie's just ripping off all the visuals from the third man which stars orson wells and i was like like when i sat down to watch it, i was like yeah he's totally right so it yeah. was even funnier to me that when he changes into his ancestor vampire he kind of looks like orson wells from the third man like oh my god because it's it's a different actor right like it's a totally different actor totally right? different actor when he changes and i was like i love that he's turning into orson wells like i wish he had put on like orson wells voice that would have been amazing <laughs> the um the scene that was that really stuck out i mean other than the fact that it's it's wacky that it's a totally different person playing the vampire. Yeah. And, and that's probably because, you know, it's from an entire different movie, which is fine. <laughs> but edited together, uh, call me a sucker, but I'm falling for it. it. But he, the vampire was so hungry for that girl in oh, the yeah. pool that he, he he voraciously, like, dives towards her and they both go into the pool and then he sucks her blood under the water, like, oh, yeah. in this weird water dance. But he won't let go of her neck. I thought that was... <laughs> yeah. I thought that was terrifying and yeah. powerful to watch, and it's it was not even like a heavy movie. It was like hammer levels of horror. Yeah, for some reason, water deaths are really affecting. Uh, I, I can think of a few, like in slasher movies, they're always there's something, yeah, there's something horrible about them and, and very intense. But that that was I'm glad you brought that scene up because that was the one scene that actually felt like it was out of nowhere and didn't. Because they're like none of the characters in that, the person he killed and the people at this party, like had they had nothing, nothing. nothing, absolutely nothing to do with anything in this movie. And I was like, I remember being like, "What the hell? What?" I was like, "Why? What? What's going yeah. on here?" <laughs> right. But Melissa assured me. So she's like, "Yeah, there's nothing. This has nothing to do with anything else. So just forget about it." Okay. And that helped. Right. Vampire just needed to feed <laughs> yeah. for five minutes. Yeah, of it was film just uh, footage, just some blood. No bloodbaths in this tale. I was that was I was a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, right. Um uh, I guess it wax was wax. Baths. And they, they hold off that till the very end till you find out that it's wax, I guess. Cause you do see him I think ra- putting Daisy in into the bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, air and quotes. it was very it was very confusing because you didn't I didn't know what that was at the time. It yeah. was just like uh what is and, and it never reveals his purposes. He's just like preserving the body, so because he can't dump them anywhere. Like, yeah, I mean, I kind of like that they didn't tell us why yeah. he was doing it because <laughs> it was right. weirder. But it was also like, wait, he was dipping them in wax. Like that—that that was that had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 right. Like that, and that was especially quirky, right? He doesn't. Yeah. He he does what he needs to to paint his victims. And then he dips them in wax. That's not part of the art. Yeah. But I do like the idea that he, he couldn't dump the body. So instead of them like rotting and smelling, he just dipped them in wax. So he didn't have yeah. to deal with in the a, rot. In a huge <laughs> vat of boiling wax in his fl- apartment floor. Why does he have a vat of wax? How much wax do you have to have to have oh a vat, God. a cauldron of it under your floor? So much. The wax bills. Yeah. He's, he's paying for and all he does is bring that bell. He's like the the bell tower guy. His family's yeah. been doing it for centuries, apparently. Those bell those bell tower scenes reminded me of like, um, what's that movie we watched? Demon, demons. Um, the, oh yeah, the yeah Japanese yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I, I loved it because the the bell tower scenes were so haunting and yes. so like intercut into the the tension. I loved it. Yeah. It was a great device. They kept doing it like in between scenes and showing like the the creepy statues that have the hammer that swings and rings the bell. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great thing that they kept going back to. Uh, yeah, like I did. I did enjoy the bells. Okay, how about the beatniks, Dale? So the the whole movie kind of starts off. We're introduced to some of the characters in like a beatnik cafe, uh, where <laughs> all these like beatnik artists hang out talking about art discovering new ways of making art and blowing each other's minds. Mm-hmm. And it's also seemingly like the whole economy of the city <laughs> is centered around the sale of paintings. <laughs> like that's all anyone cares I'm about. I'm telling you. And the cafe owner, I guess it's a cafe gallery. He's the guy selling all this art to everyone. I don't yeah. know. It, it was insane. <laughs> but It was. And it, it was like, 
when you go into a coffee shop nowadays and there's local artists stuff on the wall, that's yeah. it's how it is, I guess. It, that's how it was in this place. It was so yeah. weird. Yeah. But they were encouraged to like do art there as well, you know, while, <laughs> yeah. while they're hanging out, loitering. And we have, well, first off, we have Sid, uh, young Sid Haig as one of the uh, beatniks. Um, looking great. Tall and lanky. Yeah. Young guy. Hairy. Yeah, very hairy. Uh, he was great. And then we have this other guy, Max, who was sort of the the leader. <laughs> he was the one that they all kind of looked up to. And there, there's a really funny scene where they're they're looking at this piece of art, which is a metronome with a an eyeball attached to the thing that's going back and forth. And there's like three or four beatniks on the table staring at it. And they're just enthralled by this. Like, this is the greatest yeah. piece of art they've ever seen. They're like... <laughs> They turn to Max and they're like, hey, Max, what do you think? Uh, Max, what do you think? Interesting. Formal, but interesting. Formal? Oh, yes, yes. It is a bit formal, isn't it? Yes, Max is right. It's formal. Oh, some experiment. <laughs> that was amazing. It was... It was... Uh, <laughs> it was great how he led these other people around by the nose and, and <laughs> yes. at the... At, they're all waiting for him to weigh in on an opinion and then they'll yeah. like, they feel better about changing their opinion. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, um, and when, um, I think Sid Haig is like looking at a painting that one of the three did and then Sordi came over and like splashed ketchup on it. Yeah. They are like in love. Well, oh, is that when Daisy, she pours the wine on uh, Max's head and it goes onto the painting? No, that, no that's, that's a different. different. Oh, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> But then I think Max offers up the opinion that, you know, because Sortie touched it, it wasn't as good, but they... <laughs> oh, he hates Sortie. That was the other great thing yeah. about Max is he hated Sortie. Yeah, yeah. And Sortie was, was like... He was making all the money. His paintings were selling. Right. So Max hated him for it, yeah. you know. He's, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> The fact that he was successful means... <laughs> sell know, out. Sell Total sell out. And they're glistening at this red ketchup, like the yeah. way the light hits it and stuff. And Max <laughs> offers it's his shitty opinion on it. Yeah. And so Max and Daisy have a fight and Daisy ends up posing for Sortie. And mm. that's a huge no-no. Max finds out because, you know, Max lays eyes on Sortie's next painting, which is a victim that looks just like Daisy. And immediately he's like, Daisy? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how lifelike it was. And then you'd find out that, no, you don't pose for other people when you're kind of <laughs> with one another. But yeah. Max pissed her off so bad with his uh, opinion, his, his shit opinions. Misogynist male artist. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. How about all the paintings? They're all nudes, but zero nipples on anything. I'm guessing that was like for mm. the, the sensor boards because <laughs> they probably would have made them edit the the yeah. paintings out but it was yeah, pretty funny because they yeah. were just you know bald globes <laughs> <laughs> no one batted an eye nope <laughs> um oh i wanted to ask you dale so the whole time watching this i was like okay this is in italy or something um the the whole movie like i thought it took place in italy yeah. and then i I looked at a description online. It said it was Venice, California. What? No I way. Like, I was like, what? But then, but now knowing the history of it, of it started off as like a European spy movie and then mm. turned into all this. So uh, I, I yeah. guess, yeah, who the hell knows in the end where they were deciding to set this? Because <laughs> they were, it felt like they were working very hard to make it feel like a, a, an Italian city or something. Because they use that same um yeah covered sidewalk with like the arches that you see in mm -hmm. italy a lot like they use that so many times like every other scene people are like walking through there running under it it's funny now that uh, yeah now thinking back and knowing all this putting it together there's a part where somebody asks the girl the beach girlfriend if there's a place she can go hide out uh -huh. and it you know she's like on the beach and she says oh yeah i uh my boyfriend's studio is in the old part of town yeah, <laughs> so yeah it's the like, old that's part the way town. they tie it tie it together and justify that there's this yeah, yeah. ancient tower from like san gimignano i guess that uh, makes sense yeah yeah the old part <laughs> the old part of town uh oh, jay God. friend of the show jay whale 
Um, a, spe- a solid low-budget th- horror thriller, especially impressive when you consider it was three separate movies spliced together. Yeah. Boy, so everybody did the research. Um, how about when one part I re- uh, a visual thing that I really liked in this movie was when Sorty would when he would like. I don't think it was necessarily when he's changing into the vampire, but he would have these flashes of visions and like, there's that great scene where the, the canvas, the, his old lover Maritza comes through the canvas and is laughing at him. That mm-hmm. was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But then he flashes, he like hallucinates into this desert landscape that's set up. Like there's like an easel out there, but just like weird random things set up in the, in the distance, like on the, the dry desert floor. And it, it felt yeah. like uh, you'll appreciate this. I f- I felt like I was looking at like one of the '80s Pink Floyd covers, like a collection of great dance songs or "Delicate Sound of Thunder." <laughs> like those, yes, it was that Hypnosis, the design group, whatever that did all those. It felt like yeah. it was straight out of the, like one of their uh, album cover shoots. <laughs> yeah, it was. I got those same vibes. Yeah, I that. liked it though. It was really cool. Like it just mm-hmm. it, it was a cool way to like show that he was like hallucinating or just like you know traveling to another plane through his mind <laughs> i think the Malizia, uh you know taunting him in the painting was kind of you know it was a little confusing but it also <laughs> yeah. it gave you just enough mo- like motive and justification for him to be a tortured soul and he's like painting his frustrations and he's also you know attacking women as a vampire yeah uh, to like get back at her or something. And I didn't realize it while watching it, but was was the laughing Maritza, was it his girlfriend like in real life with a wig on? Was that the same actress? Yes, it was. Okay, all right. Yeah. I didn't make that connection <laughs> while I was watching the movie, so I was a little <laughs> confused. But I guess that kind of makes sense that he's a, why he's obsessed with her and isn't killing her because she, mm-hmm. she looks like, uh, you know, his ancestor, his torture. him inhabiting his soul, his girlfriend. Or yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but by the, you know, so the hit, the beatniks get wind that there's an attacker on the loose and they start <laughs> chasing on foot this vampire and Max, the little <laughs> super short, Mario. stocky beatnik is super... <laughs> His mustache, Melissa said his mustache looked like, it looked like somebody, like they cut somebody's bangs off and glued it to his, his <laughs> face, his lip. They looked like bangs. Like they were just like. They did. Perfect, like strands of hair. It did not yeah, look like a mustache. <laughs> my God, that's great. That's true. Uh, that's, my God, that's exactly how it looks. But I can't yeah, get that out of my but brain. But he looked, this chase, they're chasing the vampire. And like, I, I was already like, I had thinking of him as super mario in my head but then when they chase the vampire up onto that ledge oh and then max yeah. gets up there and he's fighting with him and i was like this is donkey kong <laughs> this is straight up yeah mario fighting donkey kong on a ledge and he knocks <laughs> donkey kong down <laughs> uh, it's it, i'm the, sure it's not that funny but I, it, yeah it's killing me the, the, yeah the fact that, I mean, he was able to keep pace. It's like a mile and a half he chased this vampire. Oh, yeah. And he didn't lose, the vampire didn't lose him once. He's a terrible vampire. Terrible. Just hidden, hide in a dark corner of old, <laughs> the old part of town. He Orson, would pass right by you. Orson Welles, the vampire. Yeah. And, yeah, there, uh, I they, mean, there they, are so many shots in this that look, it looks straight out of the third man. It's kind of insane. Oh, and one... The one really funny part that we laughed at a lot was when, um, who was he? When the vampire was chasing, I think Daisy's sister, and she <laughs> she decides a part of her getaway plan is to pay a ticket to get on the merry-go-round in the middle of the city, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was her plan to just get on the thing that goes in a circle. Yeah, and the right. vampire just—I don't know if he paid for a ticket. They didn't put that part in, but he just walks on there and kills her. Uh, but even i mean even worse he, he watches her get on it's not like he it's like she had so much uh of a lead time that she was able to blend in with the other <laughs> merry-go-round people and it like in the 
the 12 midnight zero street lamp <laughs> carousel. It, it was odd. Yeah, the it was like, yeah, it seemed like it was midnight, but this carousel was packed. Packed. Nobody else around. There's not a light on. Yeah. It was insane. They must not have a movie theater in this town. And everybody that's sitting, uh, that's perched upon a wooden horse just watches <laughs> this girl being attacked. It's, and they all just file off she's, calmly. And she's crying for help. Yeah. Nobody saw a damn thing somehow. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know what's going on in this town. I know. Whew. Yeah. And it, you know, the whole thing culminates with the, the vampire getting found out, I guess. Um, and all his wax, dipped in wax people kind of come to life, right? Like they, they rip <laughs> yeah. the wax off. And that's the most visually cool. That's like the coolest part of the movie is the people covered in wax. Because it, it looks like they just dripped wax on people. <laughs> yeah. It was <laughs> a stunning like, scene. Yeah. It's just like, hold still. Just, I'm going to pour all this wax on you. Let it dry. Yeah. And then you, then you break it off and slowly come out of it. It was great. <sighs> It was great because everybody had a different part of their body and were in different positions Yeah, when it happened. And they all looked like they were like, uh, at all, they all looked like they were, you know, sitting in that, that rope net when they were being dick dipped in. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Sorty just kind of took them out in the position that they were in and, uh, you know, just want it like slowly their little body parts start breaking off of the, of the wax. It was that scene is beautifully haunting. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they who do the dip, do the beatniks dip him in the wax? They they put the vampire in the wax. Who puts him in there? It's kind of a weird edit because oh you, yeah, you don't see it actually right. happen. Um, maybe they just chase him in and he jumps in himself. I don't know. But then the last, I think the last shot is of Sorty just covered in wax, and it's like his face like poking out of this mass of wax. It's like, you can barely make out a face. And it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a ton oh, yeah. of wax. Loved it. <laughs> Couldn't get over how one, how, here we go. A uh, slim technical advisor of, um, bat and spider and, and personal friend. Couldn't get over how one girl was chased and then killed in front of several people. And nobody <laughs> gave a S my wife hated all the men in this. <laughs> yes, it is very, it's very triggering. Uh, all the men are just, asshole artists like mm -hmm. it, it's like they the beatnik you know the beatniks you'd think they would be more enlightened but they were the worst of it they were like like they're taking their one girlfriend and like using her as a new way to express art using her face as a paintbrush like dipping her it looked like cream cheese like they put cream cheese on her face and then smashed her face onto a painting <laughs> and they were just like oh wow and i was like man <laughs> Get out it of was, here, yeah. fucking and, nerds. And she, she didn't even like have a speaking part. She was just yeah. like doped up and just sat there. Yeah. Like she was a uh, squeaky from or like a cult. You know, she was in the <laughs> yeah, cult. Yeah. Hopped up on weed and coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grugux Dave, uh, I love a short story with minimal fat. Some classic Hollywood movie making mixed with a smattering of weird 60s drug trip party. It's pretty mm. spot on. Um, yeah, I, I I really love this movie for what it was. I mean, to to know that it was a a cobbled together of different scenes reminds me of um, my first Severn Films purchase, Cruel Jaws, which is just a couple different shark yeah. movies um, kind of cobbled together too. But this was effective, and I like the the visualization of the 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 sorty studio and. The the Roman the, you know the Italy Italian parts, um, you know made made even stranger by Venice California beaches. <laughs> yeah, it it was funny, <laughs> and and I think we both grace like we said sixty. I mean it was perfect runtime sixty minutes, man. Oh, give yeah. it to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm a big fan of art that uh, where the you know the story sets the length of the piece, and they're not trying yeah. to. I feel like you always run into trouble when, you know, the executive comes in and be like, nah, you need to make this this much time, you know. It's yeah. it's fun when they let, you know, I'm not saying this happened in this case, but it's fun when the, the length matches the story. It's, I, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Dale, do we have any feedback? Chuck, I'm glad you asked. Because we do. Oh, good. 
batandspiderpod at gmail.com. Send us your emails, send us your voicemails to that email address. You could also call the official Bat and Spider hotline, 315-544-0966. First up, it's from our friend Hobo Salary. Don't know if this will make it into the baby episode or not, but I had a few things to say about that movie anyhow. Wow, the baby plays like John Waters' light, <laughs> while still somehow being more disturbing than most of his filmography. It's a Sunday of tragedy, abuse, and humor, and not so subtly implied incest is the cherry on top, and it's <laughs> the kind of cherry that is two cherries with the stems connecting because that is the better representation of intercourse between siblings. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh my God, Hobes. Oh, thanks, Hobo. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever top that baby episode, Dale. That was something else. Props to uh, the podcast listener who signed us up for the Sex Toys email newsletter. <laughs> Thanks, all. The company is located in the United Kingdom, so that narrows it down a bit. Interesting. Oh, man, I, I think I that. saw that. I got the notification for that, and I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, does Dale think I use this address, this email address for something to order <laughs> something? And then I was like, wait, do I think that about Dale? Did Dale order something? <laughs> and we're just never going to talk about this. Like this email never appeared. Right. Yeah. Because we, we need, I mean, we just need to, we need a second email address for something. Thank God we convenient. don't have a PO box for the show. TJ Hamilton. Nice. I watch Bloodbath. Ah, Max and Sorty. Bloodbath captured the authentic kinetic energy involved in the creation of art. <laughs> Too bad Max and Sorty never appeared on screen together. Did either of you watch The Third Man? Uh, I think they stole all their artsy shots from that movie. The vampire even dressed like Orson Welles did in that film. That ending was fairly creepy, despite making little sense. Also, I could not take my eyes off of Max's giant mustache. <laughs> Great show, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Find him on Instagram, TJ Hamilton. Uh, he has got a Patreon. Check him out there, Tim Hamilton Comics. Thanks for the email, Tim. We love you. And that was uh, our do -do 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 correspondent segment. So, <laughs> yes. it's Chuck. It's your turn to pick a movie for next episode. All right. Um, this is going to be a curveball, I think. I'm a little sorry. This one is not streaming. I mean, it's you can rent it everywhere. You can't, but it's not streaming anywhere. It is on a Hoopla. If you happen to have Hoopla through your local library, it's on there. So that's one free way you can watch it. Um, I'm going to pick a movie from 1990 that I remember watching many times. Ooh. Um, there's a few sacred videotapes that, for whatever reason, I would rent over and over again. And I remember this one. I hadn't thought about this in a long time, and it it, it, I, I must have seen it on some letterbox list night and I was like, oh my God, I remember renting this movie like way too many times. And it's one that I don't know anyone, I don't know anyone else who's seen it and I don't hear anyone talking about it. It's an odd one. Uh, it's called Spaced Invaders, Dale. Do you know this movie? Spaced Invaders. Wow. Spaced Invaders. Um, I went to the movies to see this. You saw it in the theater? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I may have seen it in the theater too. Uh, weren't they in the trailer singing Luai Luai? We gotta uh, go now? Yeah, I think so. Are you okay with watching this again? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it since 1990. Oh, so, good. <laughs> man. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty psyched on revisiting this. Wow, you, you've rented this <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, I... I I was into this movie. I was also really into that. What was that Yahoo Serious movie? That Einstein movie? Young Einstein, I think it was called. Oh yeah, I rented that like twenty times. Wow! Weird. But this one, I remember. I was just the idea of a of goofy aliens that were like funny. It, it just it blew my mind. I was just really into it. <laughs> I mean, so but I reading the. Description makes me remember a little bit, but I yeah. don't, I barely remember this movie. Wow. This might be one of the last movies I saw at the, uh, the one of the movie theaters where I grew up. Oh, nice. 
cool memories. Yeah, uh, I'll read this. A crew of Martians overhears a radio broadcast of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds coming from Earth, and thinking the Martian fleet is attacking Earth, they land their broken-down ship in a backwater mid-American town. As luck would have it, they land on Halloween and get mistaken for trick-or-treaters. Comedy ensues as the Martians try to get taken seriously. Um, yeah, I remember the outfits being amazing, like the the people they got, you know, they put on like foam uh, alien outfits. <laughs> You know, it's sort of like, you know, I remember being, it's like Jim Henson Ninja Turtles quality, you know, like the first Ninja Turtles movie. I remember it being like that, which yeah. was the same year. So maybe that's why in my head wow. I was like really obsessed with it. The director also uh, directed Angus. So he's, uh, I'm already oh, a fan. That's how I came across it. That's what it is. Cause I watched Angus recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking at his movies. <gasps> oh. That's it. Interesting. Yeah. Patrick Reed Johnson. I don't, uh, this is a weird one. Uh, a little off topic, but I'm, uh, I'm, I hope, uh, everyone will indulge me in mm -hmm. reliving my childhood, uh, moments with, uh, spaced invaders. <laughs> this is cute. This is a cute pick, Chuck. And I like it's the cute. reason for you picking it. So it's this is going to be cute. great. Yeah. It's selfish. It's uh, selfish pick. It's Chuck. a selfish pick. Selfish pick alert. Yeah. So join us next week for spaced invaders. Sounds, f I mean, man, yeah. it's probably one wow. you can watch. If you have kids, you can probably watch it with your kids, you know? I remember I it being pretty family friendly. Yeah, it was definitely marketed to kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Stay spooky and... Um, Watch out for Orson Welles as a vampire living in a bell tower. theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.